the Amish, the Amish. <laughs> there you go. Have, there we go. Yeah. The Amish that we have here are the descendants of Anabaptists from over there. Okay. And these people went backwards. So they're like, you know what? We're not going to embrace this Christian idea of love and, and trying to be nice to each other and saving people. The very old Testament. Yeah. And they're very communist. Like they took do- like locks off the doors and wow. you're not allowed to have property in private. You have to keep it in common. You have to turn in all your jewelry, except for a certain leadership group. It's straight uh, out of fucking animal farm. Imagine that. I know. Right. So if you go there now to Munster, think of the cheese. Is this the three dudes? Yes. Those cages that they tortured them in and displayed their bodies in after they were executed are still hanging from the cathedral steeple. And the people right that tortured them were the one, like the Amish or the descendants of them. They're not the descendants of the people that got tortured. No, no, no. The right people right. that were tortured, Jan van Leiden, Bernard Nipperdaling, um, and I forget the other guy, they're the descend. They're the ones who are like, are the ancestors of the Amish. Oh, oh okay. I had it backwards. Interesting. Yes. yes. So they're radical reformation people. So, cause like there's, <laughs> there's like wild, there's their regular Protestant that has like, you know, they like to have a barbecue on the 4th of July. They like to hang out and relax. And then there's radical reformation. They do like to relax. Yeah, they do. They do. What are they called? The hobbits? Um, <laughs> they love to relax. <laughs> grill. That's all they do. Yeah. And grill. They love to grill and grill. Yeah, and uh, the radical Reformation Protestants are the you know the uh, the snake handling, speaking in tongues people, and they're kind of the people Arabs. Who... <laughs> <laughs> they were thrown out of the <laughs> everywhere they went. Nobody liked them. I thought that oh, was the Jews. Them too. Uh, they were. They weren't. Nobody was really a big fan of them either. Oh um, man! But they threw these people out, and that's who came here in the fucking Mayflower. We're or, like all. We're the island of. Or the Isle of Misfit Toys, or something. We're the island of misfit religion. Like they're like, listen, <laughs> you're a little too fucking wild for us. Even Martin that's Luther was like. Our, Martin Luther talked that like there was correspondence between like the Anabaptist and and Martin Luther. You know the dude who started the Reformation in continental Europe. And they were like, hey, what do you think about this? And Martin Luther's like, you're out of your fucking mind. I don't even support this. And they're like, oh, yeah. He was like, ein Minuten, bitte. <laughs> this it's is like the good. like the Taliban talking to ISIS. Like, yeah, you're a little crazy. Right. Yeah, this. exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, hold on a minute here. You have gone a bit too far, sir. Like, I know we're all extreme here, but this is a little bit too much. <laughs> do you remember the whole ISIS video era? Oh, yeah. Oh, I they watched the shitload. Cut, they were cutting up like well people but they were cutting up some like really let's let's be honest like deep fried dope videos if we're being honest good production. Oh, the, yeah, high like the, quality yeah. i just good remember production. seeing people in cages getting lowered into swimming pools and like people getting I, and that was some ridley scott shit, shit. i was like oh my <laughs> god like but and my roommate yeah I had a roommate in college that would just like rip dabs and look up like live leak videos and fucking yes. ISIS and shit. He'd be like, "You have oh, to watch we room this. together." And I'm like, I, <laughs> "And I'm like, we're gonna be physically ill. Like, I gotta stop." <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. You know, I'm not endorsing the ISIL tactics, but I am saying no. But our tactics really does cut. Of, that's true. Then thank God that it does because we gotta find him over there to something over there. Yeah, exactly. And we got to get great YouTube videos. Exactly. (laughs) They're a content factory. Really, I you remember in 2014 there was a lot of content being churned out from that region. (laughs) Sure. 
Yeah. It was you uh, know. pretty solid. I th- uh, what was and the- look at this. We're talking about it right now. That was right four now. minutes of content right there. <laughs> Still a truly just a churn factory of content, ISIS was. It has a compounding effect. Do you mm-hmm. guys remember yeah. the website Live Leak? It's no longer Live Leak anymore. Like it was bought by somebody else, I guess, and they oh, don't man. have the same videos. Like it's no, all censored. The good uh, shit's gone. The good shit is is absolutely gone. The Wild West days of the internet are over. It really makes <laughs> well, y'all. You got to you got to go go on Twitter and Google ISIS beheading, and all, you scroll for two minutes, <laughs> yeah. and they're all there. Elon Musk okay, is making good. sure that corner of the internet stays alive. Hey. He's gonna fight the ADL and all the like. Dude, it's not Who's... near. None of that shit was nearly as bad as the narco videos that we got. Remember, we oh, were the, ripping together, that guy's heart out. They were like hitting, cutting him with a, a man's like, heart out while he was alive. Was yeah, rough. that might be that. one of the. And you go there for vacation. That's the nah. best part. It's not too far away from the beach. <laughs> I don't enjoy. I don't oh, like Cancun and all them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we yep. go for spring break. Oh, we're gonna go to the skin peeling place, Mexico. It's gonna be a wild. Time. And you know, and yet, and you know, and yet, Mexicans are some of the nicest people I've ever met. So it's hard oh, yeah. to not think that they turn like that. They can turn like that. Yeah, yeah, that's what America drug policy will do to one when they're trying to profit. Uh, so, oh man. Yeah, it's very sad. Very sad. So what's going on with you, dude? Like we haven't talked to you since last Thanksgiving. So how are you? I'm done. I'm doing my report. I'm doing very well. We're we're seeing a lot of success in the online news sector. Um, there's always something to talk about. Yeah. Uh, we're doing very well in our endorsements right now. I think we've got some great endorsements. Um, you're seeing a rise of um, you know just really great content listenership. Doing some very silly things. I learned over the past week. That um, I'm actually afraid of my audience. Um, <laughs> yeah, they have a tendency to get very violent very quickly, and um, so that's an interesting thing. Uh, but yeah, it's all good in, in my world. I'm learning a lot of new stuff. Outstanding. Are you reading anything interesting at the moment? Um, let's take a look over at the shelf of the last things. I haven't read a non-fiction or fiction book in an extremely long time now that i'm thinking about it um most recently i will say this i've been getting very very into the migratory bird thing okay i've got a couple of books I didn't think you were old enough shelf. to get into birds. Literally, <laughs> I got a like, book about trees the other day. I'm like feeling. Hold on, it. but birding is a serious bird. It happens all of a sudden. Birding. <laughs> Not joking. It's I, like I have the bird app on my phone. Like I could. It's I happening. I record the calls and I'm like, oh shit! Look what I just picked up. I can't believe it. It's have you heard of absolutely this app? happening? What app? The Merlin app. Um, let me look it up on my phone so I can tell you exactly what it's called because my brain sometimes does not work right. It's called Merlin Bird ID. Okay. Amazing. And it's oh, from okay. the, the Cornell Lab. And you can download it for free and you can download where you are based upon like your area, you know, North America, whatever. Um, and you can record outside the birds and it'll tell you what bird it is and if it's what a rare bird birds? or yeah, it's uh... cool. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a, I can, I see birds now and I know them. It's gotten a, a good <laughs> st- 
state with me and birds where now I will just the other day I had a kind of a I would wouldn't call it a conversation. I had an I had accumulated an amount of understanding with a bird. There's a crow that uh exists near the trash out front of the house and um he's gone from sort of a bashful onlooking to a like a cordial acknowledgement in the span of four or five weeks of time of just sort of going out there and taking the trash out i think he thinks that the trash is like a tribute to him because he picks through it <laughs> and i think he's under gifts. the impression i i think he's under the impression that he thinks that i think he's like a god or something like a special mm -hmm. being and um so there's a lack of a deeper empathy there, but I've been doing very well with my bird relationships, I would say. And then I'm learning a lot about the birds in the sky. I'm learning very well to start to making bird noises. When I hear birds, when I see birds, I will begin the process like a baby. You don't know when you're a baby... You, the only language that you understand is like is is very simplistic. Mm -hmm. Even even some would call it mathematical. Do, does, say, poop. Simple words. Yeah, I'm in that stage with birds. <laughs> so I the other day there was a wood stork yonder. I'm gonna say mm -hmm. across the channel, and I called out to the wood stork, and I'm not gonna disrespect birds on this podcast by making the noise that I made <laughs> but I did see in its eyes that it registered maybe a hello and that's wow. the beginning of a big relationship huge. with a wood stork huge relationship it's huge Tremendous. because they live for like 20 or 30 years oh shit well, yeah. you have like a lifetime of, of like acquaintance now exactly i'm coming i'm accumulating friendships in the long term at your lowest point and the these are birds there. <laughs> yeah right the only only one there <laughs> after a long day the only one left <laughs> the thing with wood storks is that they can fly and i know people that i know have the ability to fly yeah <laughs> that is a so that is a friend that i would like to have <laughs> an important friend to have absolutely I would yeah i feel that i'm um, i'm out of my uh, having left the urban scenario i've entered nature yeah. and i really feel that like the amorphousness of who i am very zen i would call myself maybe the most zen i'm going out to the nature and i'm communing with it in the way that i communed with hookers and and <laughs> addicts and asian americans who live in the city and things like that i feel that i've now transitioned my ability to communicate really speaking in tongues i might even say at times to animals of various kinds we've got a turtle we picked up a turtle three legs the turtle had three legs we picked it up. We said, you're our turtle now. We put it in a box. It's in the backyard. We've communicated with the turtle. We've got cats that just show up. Yeah, they do that. 
they'd really love to just show up and then they go away. So I've befriended a wood stork. I'm accumulating in my time, I would say I'm really well, I don't know what you've heard today, fellas, but I'm testifying that I really I think I'm a man of nature. You should read some Henry David Thoreau. I would do that. The only problem is I can't read. I've forgotten how to read. <laughs> You're like feral now. <laughs> I don't have any patience anymore to read. <laughs> I pick up a piece of paper and it's crazy. I'm thinking every time I pick up a piece of paper, seriously, I think, can I turn this into a bit for the show? I don't read things <laughs> for the pursuit of knowledge anymore. Uh, it's a means to an end. I'm very uh, here and now. Really? Why, why not? I'm very here and now. Okay. One might say. I'm going out and I fish. Can't read while I'm fishing. Well, I mean, I go that, out and I. Okay. Yeah, I, there's no time to read. I'm in the here and the now. So I pick up words and I go, and I'm, seriously, I go, in two weeks when we decide to record about this, will it give me five minutes of content? Then the answer was no in a lot of cases. So I'll pick up a lot of literature. Now, you should see my bookshelf. You'd think that I did read a lot, and I do not. I do not anymore. <laughs> I've abandoned it. And it's a lost love, I'm going to say this. I was thinking the other day about, because look at the date. I mean, look at the date. It's already Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm thinking ahead in the new year about what New Year's resolutions that I'm going to have. I'm preparing that now. That doesn't sound and one of them is to learn how to read again. <laughs> one of them is to learn how to read. How often do you hold to your New Year's resolutions? I, I don't. I'm a guy who doesn't make a lot of promises. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. I don't like to set expectations high. But I can pick up a book. I can pick up a book. It's a good start. Well, I feel like I fucked it all up because I asked you what you were reading, and now I find out that you have lost it. It's gone. I've lost it. I watch, you know, I observe. Again, I'm a more primal being now. I've reverted. I've fully snailed. <laughs> I mean, that's And now okay. I'm a being of nature. No, yeah. it's great. Yeah, nature's awesome. Oh, you need to take... Yeah, it's great. You have to stop, like, with the learning and the reading and the everything and just, you know, do what you're doing. I Yeah, I'm taking it in. I'm in my... I'm frankly, I'm in my Bronze Age pervert mode. Yeah, I detected a little bap there. I did detect a little bap. We're returning. I'm taking soul bra supplements. Are you have I sunned my asshole? <laughs> what? Are you sunbathing in the nude? I'm sunbathing all parts of my body in the, in the nude for extended periods of time. Okay, what is then. This Bronze Age pervert thing. What? Uh, bap is an author. Uh, uh, bap. Yeah, Bap is an author. You can get his book, Bronze Age Mindset. Um, I've heard of that. Okay. Yeah, it's not that long of a read. It's a, it's, it's a good read. Might be a um, good New Year's resolution starter. Yeah. That would be good. You've got to sunbathe in the nude, and you have to – also, you have to break down the way you communicate. Like when he doesn't use complex words in sentences. And <laughs> no, you can't. I did nope. that in the Marine Corps. I had to. <laughs> And he doesn't spell for shit because it's a waste of time. He doesn't yeah. care to spell correctly. Uh, but you can still understand, you know, what he's uh, what he's conveying. He's also got um, what is it? Uh, I forget it. He has his podcast and 
He, he opens up usually with some real strong synth. Caribbean rhythms, I think it's uh, called. Yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah, yeah. Very. Sounds yeah. like a pretty high T guy. Uh, Bap is uh, Bap is a uh, is very powerful, very strong guy for sure. Yeah, and I'm a guy. I'm also a follower of Soul Bra. Jay, are you familiar with Soul Bra? No, I'm not. Please educate me. Oh, you got a Soul Bra is an excellent. You got to follow the Soul Bra account. S O L B R A H Soul Bra. Got to follow Soul Bra. All positivity, no microplastics. That's where I'm at. No microplastics. <laughs> you pick up a book and you'd be surprised how much microplastic you're absorbing just, just all the, the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> Penis shrinking by the hour. Yeah, the taint shrinkage in future <laughs> yeah. generations. Your balls are going to be in your asshole eventually. They always report on that like it's like it is like, well, your dad's dick is smaller than yours and his dad's, you know what I mean? Like it's generational, <laughs> but, but it's happening in real time. As we speak, it's happening. People are losing quarter of an inch of taint a year. It's like by uh, twenty thirty five, our taints will be gone. It's yeah, like a, by twenty thirty five, our taints are disappearing quicker than the ice caps. Plating on the balls. <laughs> Jesus, have mercy. That's bad news. Bad by news twenty shit. by twenty thirty five, it's over. That's my inconvenient truth for you. <laughs> Like over in general, or over for the balls, or like what are the taint, or well, yes. you will be you will be dickless in two in two decades. It's is like what is what's happening? Like eating itself, but it's your yeah, it's gonna go away. <laughs> we are on a full. No disrespect to the to the to the ladies of the planet of the earth, but we are in full dick cutting mode. <laughs> we're full. We're fully in penis annihilation season. <laughs> and um, guys like Soul Bra, I really think are putting the dick back in l lifestyle. Okay, you know what I'm that's saying? That's powerful. That's really powerful. Yeah, I think we've forgotten that as people. <laughs> oh God! I'm looking right now. Is this yeah. like an Instagram account or a Twitter account? Or no, what? it's Twitter. That's or... going to be a Twitter account. All right, I'll check it out. And I'm taking Soul Bra supplements. Oh God. I'm taking Alpha Greens or whatever the fuck that thing is called. Yeah, the, alpha the, Greens. The stuff that Athletic Greens. There it is. The I'm taking Alpha Brain. There it is. Mm -hmm. That shit don't work. I tried Alpha Brain. That don't work. I'm taking four times <laughs> the recommended daily dose. <laughs> <laughs> My brain feels. I'm taking four nicotine pouches per hour. Amazing. For three weeks, my brain is going to work really strong. Is that why you can't read anymore? <laughs> I like to phrase it like more that I won't read. <laughs> A refusal, if you will. A refusal that goes so deep I've forgotten. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's powerful. I don't know, I, I don't know if I could ever quit reading. I mean... I, guess I don't even know why I do it sometimes. I just feel like I have to for some reason. See, really? you're almost there. You're almost there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm further away than all of you. Probably. Iron grip on the balls, and there's two, and there's, and the regime has an iron grip on the balls, and either your balls burst or your balls shrink so small that they can't grip them anymore. And I'm, I'm feeling ready to burst. <laughs> Been a bust. <laughs> 
this conversation <laughs> has gone in a direction I never anticipated. Full. Merry, um, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Mer- Merry Thanksgiving. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. By the way, talking about taint so shrinkage and ball busting. Happy Thanksgiving. If we're not talking about this around the table tomorrow with our dude, that egg. I'm looking at Saul Bra's page right now, and uh, <laughs> his post from November 19th. Hold on, let me let me do screen share because we do have that capability. Um, we have the technology. Oh, we're recording in in a video capable mode. This is powerful. Here we go. Okay. Oh my god! Yeah. Doesn't that look delicious? I'd shit myself. All I those just, eggs. Well, you don't have to eat all of the eggs, but some of I the eggs. I think he's gonna eat all the eggs. I mean, he probably is, but I'm just saying. I think that looks good. Maybe two eggs and the rest of that stuff it looks pretty delicious. Avocado yeah, I'm toast. digging the sauerkraut. Is that sauerkraut? Yeah. yeah great for the sick. gut biome. Yes, absolutely. The probiotics. Really? Yeah, it looks truly good. great. Yeah, he's he's got truly a lot great. of cool stuff on here. So now you're into the diet as well, or is it the supplements and, and that's I, it? It's I'm on a mental diet. Okay. <laughs> I almost couldn't I almost I I couldn't I I did hold the laugh in, but only barely. <laughs> How does one go on a mental diet? I would like you to just stop it. thinking. How does how do you stop thinking? <laughs> Thank you for serving me up. <laughs> how do you stop though? Well, it's a great question. Give me a moment of true silence. To, I, I will really give you a good answer. So for me, the way that you stop thinking, this is real, is you assign time for thinking. So you take a calendar or a schedule is probably the better way of putting this. And you go from 1130 to 251 I'm going to think I'll allow myself to think when you're outside of that period if you see something that makes you want to think you say can't do it not doing it and you take the thing that makes you want to think and uh, whether it's a thought or it's a, a link to a Twitter post you saw you throw it in a thought inbox and then when the 11.30 to 2.30 window comes around, you can, if you really care, you can look back through it. But delete it after the end of every next day so that you're not accumulating stuff. And you'll be surprised at how little you want to think about something beyond the 20 seconds you first see it. I almost always hit delete before I actually, like, I look at the things and I'm like, whatever, who cares? And I delete. And I do this, I started doing this because it was a way for me to acquire content to talk about on the podcast. Mm. I have a podcast and uh, it's my entire life, really. And uh, on, the, on the podcast, it's just news. I'm just, I'm speaking because I, there's probably a lot of people who don't know what the podcast is. It's called Timeline Earth. And we just talk about the news. And I, and I developed my note-taking method from, do I care enough to think about this beyond a, just seeing the headline 
And it's amazing how little news I can actually accumulate based on this method of filtering. And I know the stuff that I do accumulate gives me like 20 minutes of thoughts that could be rattled off about this or things that make me want to laugh. Like I'll sometimes I'll end up reading a thing that I was, you know, oh God, I have to think about that. Put it in a box, look at it tomorrow. I get trapped into a, an idea and it ends up being like a topic that can be really funny. Usually I'm looking for the humor in things also so that when I actually do decide to pursue the things I thought I cared about thinking about, I at least am still trying to find some sort of sense of humor out of it. You could say, is this all a giant, complex coping mechanism? Yeah, absolutely. But it makes for a great show also. I mean, so that's how I would say, don't think. Okay. I think it works for the show also. I think uh, you're filtering out stuff. I've done the, the po a podcast for like fucking six years. And in that time, after you develop a certain amount of time, after a certain amount of time, you're like, if we spend a certain amount of time talking about this on the show, it's going to bomb really badly. And nobody's going to want to hear it. And then you're going to go on Twitter and people are going to go, wow, that segment sucked. And that's how you begin to kind of narrow down what you actually think is worth thinking about by actually imagining what the people who you're delivering the important news to, how they're going to perceive it. And for me, my angle is, it's got to be funny. But that can't be everybody's angle. But my angle is, is there something in here that's funny? Or if we talk about this as a group for 20 minutes, are we going to get a bit out of it? And that's the service that I feel that I'm hoping to deliver to people who listen, is uh, we're going to tell you the news, but we're not going to tell you the news the way that most people will tell you the news. We're going to tell you the news through what's funny. And so for me, that's translated into like an entire, because it's fully integrated in how I do it. I'm a idiot savant. I had, it has to be done a certain way. And so that has become, you know, how they were always like, which I don't even know if this is actually true. I'm sure a lot of people know about method acting, but they're always like, Oh, don't, bother that guy when he's in method because he's going to be you're going to be talking to the joker and i don't even know if that's really true or if said that's just a myth but for me i really did have to take the because i'm doing the job of collecting information to talk about but i'm also doing the job of talking about it so i it's a it's one guy doing both of those things and boy do the lines get really blurred between like tyler durden <laughs> right i'm right exactly it's hard the character and the guy are the same and maybe they'll split again but in order to do the job i had to be had to become one guy so now I'm not just a guy who looks at the news, uh, or rather, I'm not just a guy who analyzes the news for newsworthiness. I'm also the guy who looks at w w the news and has to find something funny about it. So if you mash those things together, I'm a guy who's analyzing the news for what's funny, and that can get really dark <laughs> when you're, <laughs> you're when all the news is like, yeah, right. When the news is what it's been in the news lately, and I'm going, what is funny about, you know, somebody's hand getting blown off? Not much. You'd be really surprised. Not it's a, much. It's a challenge. It's a real, it's not easy to find something funny about 
the tragedy of millions. But we're going to try to on the show. Because <laughs> somebody has to. And people get upset when you say, we got to find something funny about this. And they get upset because they don't find it funny. And that's fair. I'm going to just say, <laughs> that's fair. I think it depends on their mood, too. So, like, I'm a very uh, mood-based uh action person so if i'm not in a mood to watch a movie or if i'm not in the mood to listen to a news story or hear anything anybody's saying sometimes i can be a little bit shitty um if i'm like eh, that's not really funny or that's you know stupid or whatever and i, I kind of right. reject that and i know that about myself but um it's probably mood based me too i'm exactly the same way one one day i hate somebody on the next day i love them and it's really just dependent on like how I'm kind of what the vibe is like. I think one thing that's really important about when you're doing a and there are limits because, well, first of all, there's technical limits. Like we don't want to say things that get us kicked off. There's also uh, ethical limits where you only want to say things you think your audience will find funny. But if somebody from not the audience comes in, it's already not targeted towards them. And then it could be mood-based on top of that. So there's two filters right there for somebody who may have a problem with the content. And I really can't be like, well, you're a fucking, you shouldn't have a problem with the content. Because that's ridiculous. Because some of the things we say are reprehensible. And if you, I forget who it was. Oh, I was just watching a Piers Morgan interview with Andrew Tate. Which, you know, that's always going to be interesting. <laughs> Andrew Tate, as uh, um, for those who don't know, Andrew Tate is like a former kickboxer, current influencer, meninist. Uh, wouldn't quite call him MGTOW, but a very speaks very strongly on how men should behave and the corollaries of that, and often throws punches in directions um, that he probably could do better wording with. I was watching this interview and. Piers Morgan is reading out the things that Andrew Tate has texted. And um, because in Romania, the way that they can, they can, first of all, the discovery documents were released to the BBC for some reason, um, which is illegal. So don't know how that happened. But so they get released. Now the BBC can report on everything in the discovery. And part of that is the text messages. And the text messages, if you read them in text, you're like, okay, yikes. When you know you sh you're sure of that when you're talking, saying it out loud, you can say some really reprehensible things that are really fucking funny. And when you report it out in text, it's really bad. I don't know if you've ever tried. Go, go check like <laughs> the nastiest cat. joke you've said on this show and listen to it and then read just the words independent uh, of it being funny yeah, it's not good. that happens no. <laughs> to me in everyday life people think i'm pissed off at them because i respond in the text message like here's your stuff or there you right. go or whatever and they're like what what did i Tersely. do what's the matter and i'm like right. I'm just, this is i'm moving on with my next task i'm not mad at yes. you yes like, yeah. yep there's people, people will read the words differently there's people I've worked with for a year that even when talking, they can't tell if I'm being sarcastic or not. And it's literally like flipped opposite. Like every time I'm being serious, they think I'm joking and vice versa. And it's like, I can't and, imagine if I only had to communicate with them in text. And that's part of the limits. 
is you got to be somewhat careful with the words that can be turned into text also. <laughs> Here's a transcript of your previous episode. You know, and when you're you know, when you're recording, you're just speaking I think when you're recording, you're speaking from the mind with a filter unless something is so funny that it has brought the filter down. And um man, I can just uh, I was thinking the other day about how I feel that the I'm being gang stalked currently. Um I'm yeah, I'm I've received a significant amount of misfortune in the past six months, and I and I'm wondering if, and this is the Andrew Tate method. I'm wondering if they're out to get me. Who is they? Just they. Well, the, the they. We know it's a they. Right. Because it can't be a, a singular individual. Because mm -hmm. that's just my fans. <laughs> my, 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 my tormentors. As they're calling they. themselves the listeners. No, they're they are individuals. Okay. Little are you, freaks. <laughs> are you being serious right now? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find a grounding to attack my listeners. <laughs> well, you called them violent earlier. Yeah. Violent? How? What are they doing? They're very violent. Well, we had we had an so here's the I like to if an episode. I don't know. Do you guys stick to a schedule? Yes. Yeah. Regular upload schedule. Yes. Yes. If you do, you ever miss it? Once in a while, if something happens, like if you know, like I'm ill, or you know, like I had to go out of town or something like that, it might be like the next day, but usually no longer than that. Mm -hmm. I uh I don't I don't like to miss days, mm -hmm. but sometimes you got to miss an hour or two when you got to edit late. Mm -hmm. And um, we call them the listeners; these nasty people that <laughs> listen to the show violently. <laughs> they um it, the episode was four hours late, and I actually gave two hours notice ahead. I was like, "We are having technical difficulties retrieving the file." And it was four hours late before it came out in full. And in that period of time, there was devastation <laughs> reeked across the website, Twitter. <laughs> it just devastation, screaming and violent urges being displayed all over the place. There were fires being lit. There were Mostly peaceful. It was really mostly, I would say it was a mostly violent protest. <laughs> and it's, it's made me fear them. It's made me fear the listeners. That's when you know. Because I know their power. But you made it now. Like we don't have, we have like seven and a quarter people that listen. So we don't have to worry about that. Unless I would, if you really asked angry. me. 
if you asked me in a second, I'm going to be for real with you. Mm. If you asked me in a second, would you go back to 10 listeners by the time Friday rolls around, which is like three days after the day, the upload date, would you settle for 10 listeners in a little while? I would go back in a fucking second. Why? Around the 200 listener mark mm-hmm. was a perfect society. It was a hand-selected group of normal guys, you know, normal, normal guys. And then what's the number where it's like, that's the ideal amount for like, you've heard of this 150 number. These are the max number. It's very close to that. Yeah. Okay. It's very close to that. That's Hoppe's number, isn't it? I think so. It's something like that. Or it's like the most people you can know and have it as like a big cohesive conglomerate or something. There's something to it. Okay. Because now we operate as kind of a small city in Germany full of Anabaptists. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's bad. That's not good. We now have we now have 2 to 3,000 uppity Amish guys. <laughs> And you say that we've made it, and I love it's the only thing in life that I truly enjoy as far as participating in something. It's the only thing I really enjoy. So I'm happy that we have accumulated this group, but if we don't do something with them soon, they're going to do very bad things to the public. (laughs) Is this, well, let me ask you this. How did your departure from like the libertarian scene affect like the sanity of your listeners? Or now do you have angry listeners that are like, fuck this guy, you brought us here and now you're leaving us? Like, how did it work? I have had no ideological spats with anyone, actually. So this is what's so weird. There was a, okay, so the libertarian movement experienced a quantitative peak three years ago yeah it was there's there was a correction that happened and the correction was and this is was 80 percent of it is what's weird is we were calling ourselves libertarians and then very quickly you saw everybody got very specific with what kind of libertarian and they kind of drilled themselves down and out of like this like large umbrella that formed and um like i always considered myself a libertarian because all the people around me were libertarians and honestly and i would love to dive into and i'm not saying this egotistically i it's one of the things i don't think about I'd love to dive into how I actually feel about stuff now because I feel that not much has changed with me on what I think. Uh, probably a lot of the the belief that I hold, like the resolution towards things has changed, 
but I generally feel that I hold a lot of the same beliefs, but I don't even think about it much um, because I'm always trying to be pragmatically funny with stuff. So it's really, it's whatever's funnier. I've repeatedly endorsed the government of the, I mean, truly magnanimous Xi Jinping in China on a number of occasions, a number of occasions. But would I actually, if we're stepping outside of the product, do I want to live under him? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. You got San Francisco I don't have an answer. Up. He got it done, dude. <laughs> All he had to do was show up. Yeah. He got it done. And where did they go? Ah, that's a that's a good question. Happy camps. Where did all of them go? Man, <laughs> yeah, happy camps. That's Soylent green word. is people. <laughs> Do you know they sell Soylent? I saw this in the grocery store and I was disgusted. <laughs> yeah, there's like a whole corner of the internet dedicated to making fun of people who drink it because they have to buy like special stuff to get the bottles open because their wrists are so weak that they can't like twist the <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Stuff. Like go to, go to yeah. Reddit. They have like a whole Soylent subreddit, and it's filled with stuff like that. That's, That's still disgusting. Dark <laughs> and Reddit is still one of those dark corners that you know you can very bad. Yeah, it, 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 you can lose a, a large chunk of your soul in that place. That's for sure. Yeah, very I'm bad. For, like, very irredeemable. Computer stuff and like general like DIY stuff, but anything else, it's like they have. I guess over the last year, they've had a lot of uh, trouble with like people in charge of stuff. I guess. I don't know. Anything. I don't want to sound like a cynic. Go ahead. But I will say this. The current state of governance is factual and very difficult also. I will say a lot of my ideas haven't changed, but I would like to find uh, the purpose of participating, and that would be an interesting subject for me. Participating is what? you have got a you have got an for libertarians. As a group, and not big L's, but little L's, although there's a lot of big L's in that little L group. I mean, if you're talking about the entire group, there's yeah. a lot of beltways. Sure. What there is this intellectual philosophic corpus of knowledge, and there's a lot of people who fight about it, for it, argue it, and... I'm trying to word this right because I don't want to sound psychotic, but I was never able to I was never able to with that specific system as a system. And again, I'd love to talk principles in it because most of them I find pretty agreeable. But I was never able to find in that system a way to Ensure present satisfaction. A lot of hopefuls. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of activism 
There's not a lot of iron-handing situations. And I will say this about the libertarians. I consider myself a Christian, and they have ideologically, uh, these libertarians, the, the, the really like wearing the, the superhero outfit libertarians, mm. they've got better instincts than I do about how to treat people. However, the flip side of that is there's a lot of people who are presently, you've heard of this thing of crowd crush. This is a, I was at a death grips concert not long ago and I experienced crowd crush for the first time. Oh my God, it's terrifying. Oh, it's 140 it. degrees where you are because there's human bodies piled on top of one another. It's 130 degrees in the mosh pit. And then if you try to get out of the mosh pit, squonk, you get totally crushed and it becomes 140 degrees. And it takes a long time for you to cool down when you're outside in those circumstances. Mm -hmm. And that's a, it's a scary situation. The crowd crush... The thermodynamic crowd crush of, of, of American society has made it very difficult for libertarians with good instincts to assert effective change quickly. In, 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 mean in, a, in the sense that if you were running a business, this is weird because there's a lot of libertarians in business, but not in the, the business of politics. If you're running a business, you got to get stuff done by quarter. And you got to make big changes by quarter. Otherwise, your startup is going under. Your company's going under. You're not going to get the funding you need. And there isn't presently an apparatus for the movement that doesn't have a lot of flaws that's able to, like a business, like effectuate quarterly changes. I got to see progress on some stated, uh, uh, um, goals for the quarter and you got to get those done and the current there's no current structure for the libertarian ideology to to do this the closest thing uh would be in separate industries not often ideologically aligned but usually technically aligned like cryptocurrency technically aligned lots of victories there the libertarians utilize this to further their ends that's all well and good but it's 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 like waiting on other departments to What's make the, the wins instead of colonizing the sector yourself. Because then, where do you go politically from there? Because it's just right. So there, and and some people, and and I I've always thought the uh, the agorists have had the sort of way forward on how do you operate under the current structure, which is largely you find methods to circumvent it, and that's the life you're gonna live. And that's tough. Yeah, because it, uh, because it space every day. It feels like, and you have to. It's monastic. Oh yeah, it is monastic. It, you 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 have to commit to it as a lifestyle. So I think probably like all of us we live a life, and not a lot of us are are like a priest or a monk. Like we don't have a lot of us don't have the desire to. To dedicate our lives to a project, you know what I mean, like a, a monastery or a, a a discipline, right? And it's not. It's actually, 
Uh, discipline might be tough because I know plenty of disciplined people who simply lack the interest to do something like this because they would have to sacrifice so many other things that they also care about. Socially, financially, and so, like, whatever. Like, the the biggest win for um, that libertarianism has presented at the present moment is mo like a monastic victory. It's cut out for a very few number of people and I do wonder, will that group, because you don't see this in real monastics, that's why they're monastics, will that group bless us with some spare change or something? Can you give us a rope in? Because there's a lot of different... Uh, most people are path of least resistance people. Sure. That's just how it is. And if you want to call yourself an altruistic project, you got to throw us some crumbs. And that's all I ask. So, like, when you ask from the beginning of this, how was the departure? N nobody around me changed. And uh, I think because I was one of the lay people, uh, expectations for me didn't change either. Whereas some people who were viewed as having more of a clerical status, that of a teacher, an intellectual, a lecturer. These people were held to um, a standard which, when you're viewing it from the inside, looks like they have left the space. But when you look at it from the outside, or when you look at it from the, the perspective of like a, a genuine layperson, it, it almost looks like there isn't really hard lines drawn between groups. So you, you've had podcasters move away uh, vi like uh, actively. You've had um, thought leaders move away actively. We just saw um, Jeff Deist left the Mises Institute. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're not seeing the pulling apart of the little guys. I don't know. There's not that many people that have lost friends over the period of time that you're talking about, which is the same period of time in which I was moving away from. Because you'll listen to the early episodes, and you are right. There's a more of an ideological push to be libertarian in the earlier episodes of what I was doing. And now there is not. And in fact, there's... Uh, and again, most of it is satire. Although, again, I'd love to explore like what I actually think, because I don't I talk out loud and think best, so I'm not sitting around and thinking about it. When I see an issue, I'm thinking about how I can make it funny, so I'm not really thinking about what would I do a lot of the time. I'd like to, but for the people, most people who are in the libertarian space, who have now are like not in the libertarian space, the lines are very blurry. They often will jump in when libertarians are being attacked by an outside group, like Always good to have socialism for that. Um, and then the libertarians will jump in. And you know what's funny is the split was between libertarian and Christian, which is like a split as old as time. When the two groups realize one likes to fuck nasty and the other one really doesn't like, <laughs> really doesn't like seeing it in a parade. The two groups, the two groups fight about key freedoms, but like most of the time they're pretty unified. So, I mean, libertarianism is very Abrahamic. 
gets its roots from that. And Christianity is very live and let live for the most part as it's expressed here today in this country and certainly on my podcast. Um, so the lines, when you say left, I think the ideological lift was really easy for me because I barely staked in the ground for that. And then again, if you want to talk about some of the some of the stuff that I did stake in the ground, like the post-anarchism stuff, I really would wonder how much anything I believe has actually changed. A lot of it has just gone towards the end. Of, you know, I've become a, a sculptor of lies and sound in my podcast, and that's sort of the life project now. But I think a lot of that is still, like, the value system is still similar. I, I would hope, at least, because I thought it was a good person then. Good in the sense that I, I'm not... Uh, like an evil guy uh i don't feel and and so i don't feel like that's i don't feel like an evil guy so i don't really think much has changed like i still believe the things that i believe for the most part i will say it was uh i'm gonna give the libertarians here's another thing because there's this perennially you're we're correct thing with libertarians the whole ron DeSantis thing has been such a disaster it really has. you know i really really went going, okay, here's a leader I can get behind. And the, the libertarian complaint was, well, he's winding up all these powers, um, and there's, they're going to uh, wind down back on you. And I will say that hasn't happened yet, but what has happened is he went from doing anything to seeking higher office, and, it, and immediately a, a, my whole project stopped. It all stopped. As the libertarians walk by at a pace, taking wins in agorism, they're taking wins in e-commerce, I'm sitting here going, we're trying, to, we're trying to fix the school system. I don't know why I care about the school system. Why do I care? I don't know. So there's a lot of fruitlessness in it. Um, and I'm still trying to... Like, here's, here's another one. We'll play around with this idea. Do you want to see Donald Trump be elected? Uh, I don't know if I care. Really. I mean, I mean, it's funny. It would be great for content, wouldn't it? I mean, talk I about truly, the content machine. I truly think it would only be good, like comedically. But I don't. I I don't. I've been out of paying attention to this stuff for so long. I don't even know what. Like, I know a bunch of people freak out. It'll be the end of the world for everybody that like went to college or something. But other than that. I'd feel like, I don't know, gas will probably be cheaper. And then <laughs> like, I, but I don't care. And I'm sure a lot of the ways that people told us growing up that government affects our lives, like none of that's really true, but I'm sure there's a way that this affects me indirectly. And it's like, maybe I should care, but at the same point, it feels like I'm a single drop of water in a large ocean. And it's like, what the fuck right. am I going to do about yeah. any of it? There's stuff immediately yep. in front of me that I could be paying attention to that is yep. a lot more important and will have a lot more actual effect on my life if I just take you know, all of my energy and put it. Yeah, I, I have to. Yep. I have to echo your point and and all jokes aside, I I do, my departure from it was when every single thing was just a repost of taxation is theft, a repost of this per, like it was a giant echo chamber and everybody was living on there. And I got a wife and a kid and a dog, and it's like I jump on there for five minutes, 
10 minutes maybe and then i move on because like what is this actually doing to improve my quality of life nothing it's like street protesting and like blocking traffic but even less than that yeah neighbor i don't have time for that anymore i don't know there's uh two things improve quality of life i'm gonna this is maybe where we differ but for me definitely politicians can do two things um and we're gonna i'm gonna preface both of them with within a, an ethical framework we may disagree about you know what kind of ethics are but i think we're mostly aligned on them so just assume that as i say this two yeah. things politicians can do for me they can improve my quality of life immediately you can improve my quality of life over time but i need to see immediate it needs to be immediate and the other thing that you can do and this is probably maybe where we disagree you can and again i preface with ethically stifle my opponents and uh, anybody who wants to roll back any of the changes you've made to make my quality of life better. And those are the two things. And I always felt like with the libertarian movement, there's clear ways to effectuate the quality of life changes. There are also effective ways for some of the things to prevent rollbacks or to stifle people who want to do rollbacks but on large you're either getting one or the other with any uh, with any you know bracketed libertarian thing you're getting uh, cryptocurrency really difficult onboarding really difficult monastic way to maintain it but it can't be rolled back so the quality of life improvement right now not there then you have on the other side you've got um this cooperative ideology uh it it's it's a, a a way of building trust which is interesting because the cryptocurrency thing is a lot of way of building trustlessness but the libertarian ideology is a way of building trust one of the questions that was difficult for me to ever get an answer from was i understand affording the libertarian system and its principles and ethics to other people who agree with me why should i afford any of that to the people who don't agree with me i never got a solid answer out of that I think there's a lot of interesting ways to go with it, but my only point is with libertarianism, you're getting either quality of life improvements now, or you're getting like slow burning systems that won't be rolled back. And uh, I need, I need me as a human, as a lay person who would like to be saved. Please monks come down from on high and throw me a piece of bread, please. I'd like to get on board with more of the projects, but, especially during covid you saw a lot of like well i'm not wearing no mask and you saw a lot of well i'm going to these restaurants instead but you didn't see a lot of we need to force these freaks <laughs> to mind their own business and 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 destroy this delusion in their head that these masks are helping anybody so there's a and again, and I don't, this is not a judgment, but it is a critique. I found it very difficult to see a way of enforcing the things that everybody knows are true, but there's a hang up about it because it's, it's aggressive. It's aggressive. And that's just where, that's where the difficulty came in for me was if you are someone who believes that we have to prevent a flu <coughs> nobody's allowed to get the flu you have to stay inside you have to wear this 
awful little fucking piece of cloth that doesn't work. And people and people are really truly delusional in that way. I cannot get around it to respect anything about them or the rights <laughs> that they should have. And that was very difficult for me. Um, and I don't have any power, so I wasn't able to take any action. But if I was the dictator, it wouldn't have happened. There would not have been. I would have done the Ron DeSantis thing. I would have done as much as I could in my purview to prevent the madness from taking. Because people can have wrong opinions about stuff and and also be misinformed entirely and they shouldn't get to tell me about how fake reality is and so i saw the desantis thing as a way of um effectuating that kind of like firm-handedness on psychopaths on mentally ill weirdos who are running around and saying my grandma, you're you're killing my grandma because you don't want to stay in your house is psychotic. And maybe it's true. Maybe I did kill their grandma with my disease. But um I don't care. <laughs> I'm just coming out and saying like I don't care. And you shouldn't have to the ability to make me care about that. And uh I you know, I get the argument like, well, it's the private restaurant, so like they don't want you in there um without your mask. And I just think there's something that really fucks with my quality of life not to be able to transact in the same way I was two weeks before it was declared. And now everybody all of a sudden believes the declaration. I think there's something wrong about that. Yeah, it's like, uh, oh man, I was reading this, but it, there's this book by a neuroscientist or like neurobiologist or something that talks about free will and how we actually make decisions. And it's like, sure, it might be in the instance of this restaurant being a private business and deciding whether or not they want people to wear masks or whatever, when they come in, if it wasn't like a state mandated thing where they had to, if it was up yeah. to them to choose, but it's like, if they made that choice based off of completely false information or misleading information that was presented to them also with some sort of like backing behind it, where it's like, if you don't do this, like you're going to be, you're going to have blood on your hands kind of a thing. Yeah. Still a they they lied to them and then they deluded them in the lie they didn't just say this is this is bad they also said and you need to go fucking crazy in order to fix it they whipped everybody up into a frenzy where they became insane and i think the difference that i had with a lot of libertarians was the the permission of others to be insane i just don't i don't see how that's doing anybody any favors um and uh, so I guess I'm what I'm saying is I'm more altruistic. Maybe there's a line that draws where it's not altruism or where there isn't a need to be fully altruistic, but I don't even think I don't think you're doing anybody else any favors by allowing them to believe the lie of the mask. The lie of the vaccine. I really don't think you're doing anybody any favors. So when someone says you can't eat in the restaurant because you, you didn't come in with a mask. You didn't have a vax card. Like this isn't it's they should uh, my thought on it is the delusion that 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 you have is is a is in a frenzy and you're mentally unstable. And I don't you know what further to do about that so like in Queens 
go back to New York where it was really Queens was all right. Actually, we'll talk about Manhattan where yeah. everything closed down. Uh, there was no one outside for months. To, yeah. I, like if I was, I don't actually think the mayor has this power, but if there was a restaurant not letting people in because of this insanity that was whipped up by the health department, I I take away their liquor license. Yeah, I don't even sure. think the mayor can do that. But I'd say I'd tell them to go fuck themselves. Go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. It's within the legal purview. And a lot of people go, well, I don't think, you know, first of all, I don't think that liquor licenses should exist. That's a reality we got to confront. What do we do now that they're there? <laughs> I mean, we can right. wind them back. Fine. We can wind them back. But as we're, you know, if we get to the point where we're winding back the liquor license, we are winding back the government's ability to do anything with vaccines or masks also. So I'm in. But until then, where we're at right now, mm -hmm. we I, I have felt for a while that we should punish the, the maliciously insane as for what they did, for what they were trying to do, even by the tacit support of the ideas of that pandemic, I'm, I'm a silence is violence guy, I guess. Like, I'm literally, I'm at the point where we've seen a true delusion. Like, I wasn't around for 9-11. I hear it was very similar, especially if you were one of the targeted groups. But people cannot be allowed to be liars or insane. Uh, actually, I think most libertarians agree with the first point. You're not allowed to lie. Like it's immoral. It's uh, it often does actual harm. It's I think we're all, we're all pretty clear about like lying is bad. Absolutely. But you're also you you can't perpetuate delusion either. It's not just about lying. It's also about like if your common sense faculties have been disabled, then those still with the common sense faculties have got to be able to do something until you come to your right senses to prevent you from having the same level of power that they do in the society i like so going from here though that's like i mean all this makes me think of is in school how they talked about like the sanitariums and eugenics and all that stuff, i know it's all like I another know. class of people and i'm not saying that's what you're trying to do but it's like that's the first I don't thing know. i can hear anybody that's yeah. they're gonna say oh so you do do you think we should do this yeah and like so and like I, I do understand what you're saying because it's like it, look at what it's done, look at what has happened just the last few years, and it's like the course of, I mean I don't know where we were going before, but it's like the course has been irreparably altered by everything that's happened. And yeah, like yeah. I don't think that everybody was lying. Sure, there were some that were definitely no, yes, I, I most were insane. But yeah, yeah most were like, insane. There are plenty of people that I think genuinely believe in what they were doing and still think that what they're doing is right. And like everybody else is just wrong. And then they kind of got on a high horse about it and they were like, oh, you, the one that doesn't want to do this, like you are the problem. You deserve less. So it's literally like you just get put into two groups that want to both eat each other for different reasons. Yeah. It's like, what do we do? Yeah. Well, know. I'm not going to come out against insane asylums. I just want to say well, I'm most not. Most of the people that got taken, like most of the people that got released to the general public after that are now just homeless or in prison. Like, so I know. it's not I know. like they're any better off. I know. I my. So I'm going to say. I will take a firm stance on this. I'm, I'm not flatly against the insane asylum. Um, certainly if you've already committed a violent act and you are insane, it should be different than prison. Like there's different needs right, for yeah. that person. If we can seek to accommodate them, yeah. I'll also say this. 
I'm a huge fan of Exile. <laughs> and what so you mean? ask me what you ask me, all these people are insane. Do we just all put them in a uh in a box somewhere? Uh I first of all, pragmatically we couldn't. <laughs> we couldn't. It was about a third of the country That's that came true. under this delusion. This total delusion it was about a third of the country or, you know, and I'm including probably the people who were subject to those insane people in that third. So their kids, they're like, you know, how many right. of them came out of this with that? So n feasibly impossible to put them in a box. Also feasibly impossible to ship them to an island somewhere. Also feasibly impossible. So feasibly impossible. Morally Feasibly impossible. Morally, <laughs> I you know, there, if you were somebody who lost your job because of the COVID frenzy or your business went undone because people stayed home in other words they were otherwise normal and fine and then based on a lie the mob was utilized to destroy businesses whether it be by their lack of participation in things they normally would have or in their active boycotting of things because the big guys said so i think the people responsible for that have to go into a box first of all they have to go in the people who We've had long enough at this point. We've had long enough about the validity of what happened then. People who are still wearing masks, you got to receive a visit from a healthcare professional and an evaluation based on principles like, are you okay? Do you need help? Because that is a person walking around who is insane and dangerous. They're dangerous. They have the ability to go into their little county booth and vote and put in some psychopath who destroys a third of all the industry in the town or eventually because of them run for office themselves. Yeah. And there's plenty of them. You look at <laughs> Jacinda Ardern, for instance, in New Zealand who destroyed mm -hmm. the livelihoods of so many people. Think about the number of people today who are still fucked up because of the, the, the tragedy that happened back then, whether it be they lost a loved one or they were cooped up in their house for a year and they suffered, um, you know, mental damage. Uh, the, the, there's there's got to be a blood price for this. I mean, it, it was a, it's an insanity. And so that is the number one insanity that I think has occurred in the past several years out of a number of really insane things. So when you say, should we put them, no, will you, when you ask the question or when you bring up the thought of, seeing just people in insane asylums there has to be a solution presented that prevents psychopaths even if they're temporary psychos from having any say whatsoever and right now that's a systemic question that's not a agorists can't answer that question unless you you've committed to every other aspect of that or if you own a business you're done doesn't even matter you have to get the license to make money you have to abide by the principles the rules if the mayor says shut down 
you have to shut down or you'll be probably in court or jail for a long time. This is it's not as simple as um a a top down. And I think most people know this. Every libertarian knows this. They deal with three-dimensional situations about having to go around stuff all the time, but there wasn't for me the one dissatisfaction that I had was there isn't a way to deal with the insane mass of people. There's just not a way. And again, the only reason why I'm saying any of this is not as a challenge to libertarians. It's to illustrate to you what was going through my head when I committed to the DeSantis thing. DeSantis answered these questions for me about what you can do in a way that didn't make me feel like I was being immoral. These people are insane. They can't be allowed to do the things that they're doing. Right. And honestly, I mean, what most of what Ron DeSantis did was, was within his purview anyway. So in it, for instance, the way libertarian would look at it was it's just kind of the, the tyrant pulling one side of the lever instead of the other. So whatever, most of them didn't care and that's fine. And then he started punishing uh, like semi-private industries for not cooperating. And that's what I really liked. Because you know what happened? They all complied. So it worked that time. And I still haven't seen... Like if another guy just like DeSantis, uh, up until recently, came in, I'd be living the life. Because they'd probably still be using the iron hand to fix things. And especially winning the education system is really important. But we're not going to get another Ron DeSantis. We're going to get what we're getting now, this Ron DeSantis, which is a, I'm a servant to the federal office. Doesn't care anymore. I haven't, he hasn't done a thing for Florida since he started running, and he's a major cringoid also, so that oh, sucks. Yeah. Seeing him on major cringoid. like watching a robot or something, like, but that doesn't work properly. Well, the, right. thing, the thing for me that really shifted it for me, and I know that you and I have read uh, the, read a, a material from the from the same author that really got me to think was the people who want to be left alone will always lose to the people who want to win. And yeah, that resonated with me in a way that I can't even begin to describe because it was kind of like the fog parting, and I'm like, oh, right, because no matter like. I mean, you can imagine yourself sitting in Constantinople saying, I just want to be left alone. And the Turks are like, that's great. You're going to the mines. Like, this is what you, this is. This is ours. Now we're taking your shit, you know, because just because you want to be left alone doesn't mean people are going to, in fact, leave you alone. And yeah. the issue that I also have, too, is the and I get I hate to put there's no other way for me to describe it, but this innate fear of power. I mean, again, it's been like you said, with what Ron was doing with essentially, you know, giving uh, handing down justice against the people or businesses or whoever firms that were acting like maniacs, like they were acting insane. And no, we're going to straighten this out because you can't behave like that. And there's this complete fear of being like, I don't want to use the Tolkien. It's the what you're using the one ring for your own benefit. I don't think it reaches that level. But at the same time, at least providing a, a, a counterbalance to the crazy, because no matter how many times, like, I just just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. They're, they want to win. They're not going to leave you alone. They are not going to do. Yeah, they need alone. they need you. Yeah. So for me, that was a huge eye opening moment. And where that's where I was kind of like I cracked on that. I'm like, OK, all right. That 
because for whatever reason that said that really resonated with me i'm not sure why but it, it the people who want to win will always beat the people who want to be left alone and it's because it's true <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yep yes i, I think like, the you know. no please go oh i was just gonna say like along the same line kind of it feels to me more like because we talked about a lot of anarchist and libertarian ideas and everything. And it's easy to get lost in this world of the ideal, like Plato's forms, like this is what should be striven for. But it's like, I think for probably even a few years, what I did was I just kept looking at the one end of like, what should be striven for or however, whatever proper form of that word is. That is actually, that is proper. (laughs) Wonderful. Um, But eventually it's like you have to remember that it's like okay but you also occupy this point in physical space and there's almost this overton window for like where you are and how far you can reach at any given point toward that ideal and it's sooner or later like you might not like it it might be messy it might be painful it might be terrible and above all it might not even work no matter how hard you try yeah but it's like you kind of have to learn to play around with what you have and try to get to that point that you're looking at over the horizon and it's like you have to be comfortable with knowing that you may never get there but like regardless this is where you find yourself right now this is the Mm -hmm. situation that you were put into and i think that's kind of more where i am right now where it's coming back from this like reading a lot of the books like uh, Camus talks about the deserts of thought that you can wander off into. And it's like, how far can you push your brain and your philosophy? But it's like sooner or later, every single person that has ever done this, like snaps back to like, they have to come out or face their own annihilation. So it's like, now I guess it's more like the journey back and it's like, okay, what can I physically do where I am at with what I have? Yeah, I completely agree. I think the, well, I would even say this, um, your, your, uh, description of it is, is very responsible. Um, it's very you first. And I think, um, the area that I, that's the, that's an area that I think libertarians that what you were explaining, I think still aligns with just about any libertarians take on it in terms of the responsibility angle but there's a for me the thing was there's a like a denial of using the tools that i found very difficult the levers of power do exist and why not utilize them and it comes back to like a an ethical question you know the question that libertarians are asking is is this an act of aggression is this justified and yeah it's very immediately oriented to that so it doesn't suffer any like well the thing that we're going to achieve if we accomplish this goal is a vastly greater gain than the the loss we take by doing it. So it's, it's not like even a, it's not even that problem. question. Yeah. It's not yeah, it's not even that que- like it's not even so in the trolley problem n- nobody on the cart is even you. Like the it, you know right. what I mean like it's yeah. you're saving another person. And I it was always difficult for me to 
think about how you effectuate not not change, but how you prevent the opponent from making a move in that kind of a system. And the the phrase that was always used to answer the question, libertarians have a lot of good quick phrases. Once you know the doctrine behind the phrases, they they serve like quick quick responses. Become ungovernable was the response. Was it's not about limiting the other person's ability to take power. It's about circumventing the expression of power. And I still very much like the idea. But again, in the present state, and so we hope for innovation in the future, in the present state, to circumvent the levers of power is monastic. The commitment level that you need to have to do it effectively enough to kind of prevent the lever from even being pulled has barely happened, ever. I think Bitcoin is the only thing where there's no ability to pull the lever back, and it's now just kind of accumulating power over time, siphoning like a black hole. It's closed. It's a good thing. But I found it very difficult to adopt that kind of a tradition. I don't have the personal commitment. So, you know, boo-hoo me, I guess. But, again, to go back to explaining why and how it happened, if you don't have the commitment for the monastic tradition, there's not a quick and easy way yet to what I think is a, a fairly moral system uh, to effectuate that kind of a system in your own life. Or, or in the lives of people who you care about. That's even harder, because it's still relying on the really hard entry uh, into to doing it in the monastic way. So, long story short, like the internet is really easy to adopt. It was a good step. Getting a VPN is a really good step towards becoming ungovernable. Easy, good. We're going to need about a million more versions of things like that. You right. know? How do I eat? How do I do that now? How do I eat right now? Because I can download the web browser right now, and I can buy my cocaine and hookers right now with my VPN. I can do that right now. I've became, I've begun, I've begummed ungovernable at this point. <laughs> but I still need to go to Target and buy a pizza, right? And eat the pizza, or and then still and, whatever they're putting in the food that you're not yeah. growing yourself or having yes. the land, yeah. And now you go, these are very high-level problems for libertarians. I'll tell you what, Ron DeSantis, if I had that hammer, I could make change. I could make change happen right now. I saw change happen in Florida. I saw it happen. And I saw it happen in ways I liked. It's tough, man. It's tough to... I want the right now thing. And forgive me for my impatience. But I'm going to live till I'm 55. I'd like to have a better one. <laughs> Why just fifty-five? I don't know. It's something's happening by then. I'm being gang stalked, <laughs> so they're gonna pull the trigger on it someday. That's yeah. true. Well, we don't have that problem here. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. So, I mean, long story short, I still love and respect many libertarians, um, and I'm not even, you know, I'm out of the space entirely. Not just libertarian, but sort of like giving philosophical thoughts on things. I'm in the I'm a new I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm an I'm a newsman now. I'm in it for the Pulitzer. 
<laughs> I uh, I tell I tell the news that people want to hear. So that's my current commitment, and it has nothing to do with uh becoming ungovernable <laughs> at all. In fact, I need to be governed harder with the way I behave online. <laughs> Brilliant. That was. I really appreciate the in-depth uh, look and the explanation, and I think that that. It resonates with a lot of people. It definitely, the whole situation changed me, that's for sure. And like I said, as soon as as soon as I heard that phrase, it made me into a different person and I saw things with a completely different yep. lens. And I can't, and it's like, yeah, I still hold to, the, you know, those principles I still agree with. But like when we talked the last time, you're like, what does the nap actually do? Like if that's all we're going to talk about and fucking retweet, all day long well the nap the nap you know uh you know taxation is theft blah 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 it, it, great sure but what 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 how does this make my life better by hitting the retweet button and saying yeah i, I agree with that here i'm gonna go ahead and retweet this or i'm gonna throw it a like that's where i was completely lost with it and i was kind of like you know something i think i could spend my time a little bit better than just being on here and being in this echo chamber where we're all saying the same shit and th there's really nothing being done about it. It's the same virtue signaling that we've complained about from like all the communists everywhere or like all the fucking. That's I mean, I feel point. like it's mostly people on the left, but. Let me. I will point. say. Let me. I. I will say this. It. Uh, and actually, I was going to say this is charitable, but it, that makes it sound like I'm giving something. This isn't even charitable. I. I do just believe this. Um, the, you've got an idea or a set of ideas and that is the center of the Colosseum and then you've got the seating that goes outward from that and that is the ecosystem of people who engage with the idea and then you've got the people walking around in the city outside of the Colosseum some of them have been in the Colosseum some of them will never go but it's hard to tell kind of just by looking around we are the people currently outside of it. The people inside of it are some of the people that you're talking about mm -hmm. who, are, who, are, who are the fighters for it. And they're all looking at the, the idea. And I will say this. Being on the outside of the idea, it doesn't mean I, I haven't gone to see the show. Uh, I like the show. I'm just not there today. And there will always need to be people in that crowd for the idea to continue and so i don't i do not i view the the warriors for the idea i i, I not not as putting on a performance to impress people but as a necessary way that the idea propagates and has to continue because you'd be surprised at how many people a million people is. And you can, I, I remember working in a retail store and cleaning the bathrooms reminded me of this, is that if, if just one person who visits the store is a pig each day, that's a lot of days where they're not pigs and that's a lot of people who aren't pigs, but I got to clean the bathroom every single fucking day. Because somebody comes in who's a pig and there's a lot of people and the idea needs to propagate itself. And so there's a lot of people who participate in the propagation of the idea. But we, you and I, Jay, and anybody else who's moved away from the, the movement, 
we're at the outside of the Coliseum. We're not watching the show. But, you know, if this if this thing didn't exist, something would be lost. And I think what that means is, like, a lot of the ideas are perfectly good. Um, and a lot of people still need to be brought to the idea that you should be government skeptic, that maybe you shouldn't trust the cops, and that maybe, maybe doing more does less. And I think those are three great libertarian ideas. Don't trust the p- cops. Doing more does less. And the first thing. I think those three ideas are very attractive. And people need to be told those things because they grow up loving the cops and loving the fucking flag and just being complete animals to be fed. And they need to truly be taught to question authority figures. And uh, so libertarianism does that very well. Um, I think, by the way, when you question authority figures, the, 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 one of the problems with anarchism... Well, this is not a problem with anarchism. One of the problems with a lot of people who become anarchists is that they there's the answer to every question of evaluating authority is go fuck yourself. It's like I don't know. Sometimes there are people in positions of authority that I respect, and that I figure probably should be telling me what to do uh, more than myself. Um, they probably know better, and uh, I just you know I just don't see I don't have this antagonistic relationship with power structures. So I don't know if that is something that I care for, but the vast majority of libertarian ideology is good and needs to be propagated. And I'm willing to take the frustration of the not doing anything in that sphere as more of a sign of maybe the sphere that we're in is the boombox side or we're in the we're actually in the arena fighting. Maybe we need to step out entirely. You know what I mean? Like I don't I think it's good that the ideas spread and there has to be people to do it because there's a constant churn of people. But at the same time, all those people end up filing and going and doing their own things and you hope, on large, the culture is being changed over time, whereas more people are being introduced to this because Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, people, ideologies change. We used to be, half this country used to be Whiggist. Now there's nobody who believes that the future is better than the past. Not anybody believes this anymore. So times change and belief systems change. And uh, I respect the, the loudspeakers who are there booming the message out and arguing for it because I think it's generally a good idea. Um, and that, yeah, that maybe that is me. I'm just going to be charitable because I think a lot of things are missed uh, when people stick around in the space. I think what that reminds me a lot of is, uh, oh, fuck, what's the name of it? It's a book about Ken Kesey, the guy that wrote uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And like in the mm-hmm. 60s, 70s, whenever he had this bus that he toured the whole country in with a bunch of other like acid heads and they just drove mm-hmm. around everywhere, like throwing parties where people would get, they'd drink Kool-Aid with acid in it. It was like the, yeah, the electric Kool-Aid acid test. And <laughs> they were like, they went from the West Coast to the East Coast and linked up with like, uh, I think Richard Alpert, I think is the guy's name. And like, I, they might've mentioned Terrence McKenna. I'm not sure. The How about Tom Wolf? Tom Wolf is the author of the okay. book. But he oh, was talking is that, about- This is a different book from his Manson book? Yes. Well, I mean, they're- okay. I mean, seem, is, yeah, they seem interrelated. Is he the one that wrote Chaos, or is that somebody else? Yeah, he, I believe he wrote Chaos. The name sounds okay. familiar. I mean, at least. I have them both sitting on a shelf in another room in my place right now, but I'm not going to go get them. Um, 
but his whole thing, I think it was in San Francisco, maybe like Haight-Ashbury, Ken Kesey had to give, I think he was under pressure from like the cops and everything. And everybody kind of thought he was like, uh, like crumbling to the system a little bit. But I do also think there's a lot of truth to what he was saying, because he gave a speech to like basically what amounted to a whole city full of hippies where he was talking about, because for the previous, I don't know how long, maybe years, he was going around preaching about how like uh lsd and psychedelics were like conscious expanding yeah and it was like good for everyone but then it kind of got to the point where he was like oh like uh i don't know if it was the whole alan watts thing where he's like once you get the message hang up the phone like you open the door but then it's like how many times are you just going to keep opening and going through the same door like sure Mm -hmm. somebody needs like somebody needs to make sure that people keep going through the door but he's like i've gone through it a thousand times i'm gonna go look for other doors to go through he's like i'm gonna stop taking acid i think other people should too after Mm -hmm. maybe so many times people thought he was like a huge piece of shit because he was just like abandoning this movement he started and all these people like uh it's literally like in forrest gump when he's running cross country and he's like i'm tired i'm gonna go home and everybody's a little <laughs> like hey what about us like we gave up yeah. everything to run and follow you and it's like well that's like i didn't ask for any of that you guys just did it and now you need to figure your own thing out but it's like him saying i don't want to walk through the door i'm glad the door is there i'm glad people are finding this and like learning more about themselves or like the world that they live in but there's more that needs to happen other than this right now. Like it's not going to fix all of your problems magically. You have to move on past that. And I think well, a that's lot of a, you know, felt left in the dark by that. The libertarian pipeline is like really like the recruitment pipeline is really strong. But how much farther you, does it go past that? Right. Exactly. Right. You, you go to the upper and what's interesting, a lot of the smaller case L's, that's the thing is there the smaller case L's are at the level of the recruitment phase. And then some of them go on to become big L's. Some of them stay in the recruitment space and do more recruiting. And then some of them cycle off mm-hmm. and it's, it's just a weird, uh, there needs to be a singular, like, I believe it was Sterner who talked about the, like a union, uh, there needs to be some sort of project like a free state project was a good example of this. Uh, there needs to be more projects. Like once you get past the recruitment space, you don't even know where to go. If you're like a libertarian, if if you're a Republican boy, does that fucking pipeline is really clear how you, they have it laid out. Anarchists and libertarians should, should study how Republicans lay out their, recruitment pipeline because the front end the public facing the libertarian movement has it down there's a lot of great posters a lot of informative people a lot of dogs out there but once you get past them if you're like trying to get involved you go to podcasts you like start podcasting or something like there's not there's not a clear middle structure to the process. If it's the process is viewed as a project is not a clear middle structure um, or leadership structure either. Like usually like either the recruiters are the leaders and that's bad because imagine a, a sales department run by like the, the marketing guy for the website. It's like, what does that even mean? How's that guy? What's his, what are his priorities? 
if your recruiters are your leaders, then the, they're going to inevitably teach people how to do better recruiting. And that's just a huge structure of like not anything beyond people looking at like a not at quite a, a multi-level marketing scheme because nobody's being hurt or right. paid for. But the goal is to simply expand the number of sellers. You're creating more mouths to feed, but you don't have any food. And Yeah, and there's no way to grow it. There's no, like, you don't have an IT department. You don't have an operations department. You know what I mean? Like, if you're thinking about this as a business, your, your sales team is fucking smashing, but you don't have... Any R and D, no support staff. That, like, yeah, no support staff at all. You know what? That's the only thing because it's not a formalized structure. I, I really would say this. This is kind of what, like, the the again. I was watching this uh, Tate brother interview. One of the things that I actually think those guys did really well was that they created the War Room Network. This uh, internal, I don't even know if it's a Slack channel or whatever, of like business people connects where there's a lot of constant conversation going on and like who should i hire oh i know a guy uh what project should i be working on oh we're taking something on in this space there needs to be a network of thousands of like business people who are committed to this goal uh and i you don't need to have like a hierarchy structure to do it because all these People in that war room space are like equal gentlemen. Nobody has any say besides who's allowed in the group and who's not. Other than that, nobody's like a mod over anybody else uh, in particular. So like you need that kind of an organized space and you need like a project that fires everybody up in this space beyond just recruiting people in. There needs to be people doing things, getting things done in a way that is organized and that is like a, a, a space. So that new people can come in through the space. They don't have to be recruited. They could just hop into the Slack channel and be like, what's going on in here? Oh, they're doing this. This is how a lot of Reddit pages run. And much as I hate Reddit, Reddit has done some incredible things in terms of like getting shit done. You remember the GameStop incident. What a great incident that was. It's capable of organizing people really well around a common goal. There just needs to be, they need an operate. The whole thing needs an operations department. Just need somebody to orient after you make the sale. What are you doing with the people who you've just sold it to? What, what, how are you making money f- with them? How are you changing goals with them? And also, like, do you, does, does the recruiting department need this many people? Can they be shoveled into a different department to do different stuff? Like, there's nobody coordinating anything. That's the problem. Yeah, you get that feeling. Uh, what what episode of South Park is it, Christopher, where it's like the underpants gnomes? It's like step one. <laughs> step collect- three's profit. <laughs> yeah, right? We don't know what step two is. <laughs> the, is that the episode, Christopher? Yes. 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 Okay. I know what step two is. I figured it out. What is it? A bunch of people do a lot of redundant shit in between, and then somebody makes dollars. Okay. <laughs> yep. That is exactly the pipeline as it currently stands. Somehow that happens. You sell a lot of books. That's like you go from recruiting to selling a lot of books, and there's like no like in between. No good. 
you make people think you build up your ethos by saying you've done a bunch of stuff and then you say you're going to teach them how to do a bunch of stuff that's going to make them money and then you just recruit yeah. a bunch of people to take the seminars and buy the books and listen to the podcast and then you're yeah. a living off of those people and you don't even actually have to really teach them anything well yeah then yep. it has the feel of a pyramid scheme in that respect you know, yeah. and then you have the gatekeeping on top of that I always thought was really, really crappy. Well, how do you know you are X if you haven't read this, that, and the other thing? I don't know, neighbor. Maybe I don't like the cops killing 25 dogs a day. Can I start with that? Yeah, I think that that's a pretty good introduction. Thank you for coming in. But instead, you have a lot of people who are like these purists who are like, well, if you haven't read this and you haven't. I, listen, a lot of these people have kids and a spouse and, and, and you know, fucking regular jobs that they, they don't have all this time to dedicate to reading six volumes of whatever. You got to read Tolstoy and then you've got to read, uh, you know, Dostoevsky and then you've got to read uh, Max Turner. Then you got to read. Hold on. They already told you that they, they don't trust the government, that they shouldn't have this kind of power over me. But then you're like, well, but are you really I mean, can we really let you in the treehouse? I. I I, that never sat well with me either because it just it was smacked of elitism where you're just like you know i'm willing to come into the club and pay dues well well how dedicated to the club are you i don't know here's my money can i come in and hang out in the fucking treehouse or not you know what i mean right I yeah the libertarian project needs to be um less of the clubhouse and more of the uh showing me what lawyers will help me pay the least taxes exactly there's no structures for it right now nope none whatsoever it's a it's a wash but it's a great system and it, there's a lot of great people in it and uh there just needs to there need really needs to be just a guy who comes along and aligns the ship that's all there needs to be a meme a mimetic warlord <laughs> who comes along and can organize all these people into one business you know, unit something will happen yes in argentina yeah yeah i wanted to talk <laughs> about him i wondered how long it's going to be before they kill him <laughs> that guy is, i'm not i'm skeptical did you see him like ripping all the things off the whiteboard he's like Edu department of education they're like ministry of hell like all this and he's like gone cut he's literally like a joe or a Ron removing Spons women man. dude <laughs> he's removing all women from argentina that's gonna be wrong. I don't. I, I. I. Now this is an area where I can't get excited. I feel like something bad's gonna happen. Is it just because he likes the dick, or like what's happening? <laughs> just. <laughs> That's a serious He's question, just... by the way. I mean, I don't. Like, I don't know. <laughs> he. He's just. Uh... So here's what I need from a politician. They need to go down to one of these protests and they need to strangle somebody to death. <laughs> <laughs> any any protest about anything? Or like what what protest are we talking about? I need a tough display. <laughs> I I hear you, and I think that's probably why um, you know, Trump won maybe um you know his first go around was because everybody was so soft and you know uh not really direct and kind of mm -hmm. talking in circles and he was like oh yeah i fucked your mom yes <laughs> and and he didn't even go far enough because he i wish he would have said i fucked your mom 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, he said horse face, so I guess that's you know. That horse face funny. is good. Because yeah, he'd be in jail. You'd be because you'd be in jail. <laughs> yeah, I, you know I, that's all I. That's all I think is we. I need a tougher guy. I need a tough. I need a monster. I think we need a president who's a monstrous person. Just and I think that whatever we get out of that will be a change from the status quo. That'll give us something new to focus on, at least. We need a truly monstrous president. And I mean here. I don't mean to people elsewhere. That's what we're going to get with Trump. We're just going to get a guy who wants to go to war in a bunch of places. And We need a monster here. We need like a Gavin Newsom. Like a guy who is going to... There's, you know, there's werewolves in my neighborhood now. There's, like, we need a guy who will fuck this country up. Complete disintegration of everything. We need someone to come along. I don't know if you've ever read the Mahabharata. We need a, we need a, we need Shiva. We need the destroyer. We need somebody to come in. And with a thousand hands made of steel, wipe clean the slate. And people are going to die, and Walmarts are going to be a dangerous place to be. <laughs> and this is what we need as a country to begin to heal. We, need, we need this a, to a improve our fighting, our fighting prowess. Hmm. This is definitely, this has BAP written all over it. The hard times to create the strong men. Yes. <laughs> we need this. Turn Walmart into Baghdad. <laughs> Every Walmart a Baghdad. <laughs> you gotta go in there like all kitted up and armored and like you're just going in for eggs and pancake mix. You know what I mean? Right. And I want to, and now that we've brought From a lethality Garden. into it, I would like to clarify that this is an uh, a comedy podcast. <laughs> Satire, and, if you will. And that things are meant to be humorous, not taken seriously, and not a declaration of any kind of acts of violence. <laughs> Thank you. Merely a speculative a what show. Minecraft, yes. if you will. Yes. We're good. We're going to be right. traveling to Walmart in old Toyota pickup trucks with a 50 cal mounted in the bed. I just Which is, by looks. the way, our constitutional right. I right. just want a Hilux. It's a Toyota Helix. Is it I that just... much? Is it that much to ask for? Really, honestly, no. I don't it's care about not. the fucking Cybertruck. No, I want... <laughs> Toyota Helix. Yes. Yes. Or maybe even a Land Cruiser. Land Cruiser would be nice. Tacoma's pretty good. Tacoma's pretty good, but driving one of those for a little bit, that's nice. It's nice. I don't know if it has the Blow back on that, will be all right. Cal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe a 30 cal. I don't know about a 50 cal, but um, yeah, as you're going to Walmart on Sunday and your kids want pancakes, you're like, hold on. And you put combat boots on, and you put armor on. Let me Maybe play a skate. You're ready to go, real quick. Because there's because there's werewolves out there now. <laughs> but maybe Walmart. This sounds like a great script. Maybe Walmart has rules. Like, okay, you have to be armed with firearms to get to the Walmart. However, Sam Walton's family hands down a decree and said, "Listen, 
we're going to allow mutual combat in the store to fight over Aunt Jemima or whatever they're calling it now. Um, it must be hand to hand. No, it must be like you can use a morning star or maces, flails, lances, spears, mm. all the firearm. You can't shoot firearms in the store. If you're going to take somebody out, it has to be done either hand to hand combat. So you're going to have the jujitsu people running around trying to fucking arm bar people. You, and then you you're going to keep gonna have what people, you kill. You can't, right. And you're going to have people like me with like a fucking uh, uh, single handed war hammer and a shield just trying to bash my way over to the pancake mix. You know, for a nice Sunday breakfast. Bash, I, Jesus Christ! I'm a Warhammer guy. Hey. Every, every <laughs> no, dude. Every fucking movie that is depicted some Warhammers peasant, are pretty cool. A peasant with a sword does not happen. It doesn't happen. He can't afford it. He doesn't know how to wield no. it. It doesn't. It's happen. a disgrace. Yeah, it's a disgrace to the sword for a peasant to wield it. Correct. It's not part of his class. Now, a Warhammer. Nope. A warhammer is the low man's weapon. Why? Because it's meant to yes. bash the fucker in plate armor. You bash yep. it. You know, you break his bones inside his fancy armor. And that's what I'm saying we need to do with our opponents. I'm sold. <laughs> Tell me where to go. I'm, I'm, I'm saying we Walmart, need to <laughs> I'm saying we need to engage in mutual combat with our opponents. Intellectually. Of course. Yeah. Intellectually. No, I, you know, I'm truly, I don't believe in, I don't truly don't believe that's the way to solve it. Truly the way that I believe to solve the whole thing, the whole problem, the entire problem is that we got to change the culture. We have to change the way that people think and feel. We have to be cooler than our opponents and we have to be sexier also than our opponents. We need to be attractive. We need to be fun. Um, and the killing comes later. I would say the killing comes in, <laughs> at another time, much later in self-defense. Of course. <laughs> Always in self-defense. It becomes so Legally. irresistible that they try to uh, take advantage, and then you have to kill right. them in self-defense. Right. And I want to clarify again, it's a satire. Yeah, <laughs> It's all a joke. What I really think, what I really think is that we'll, we will all one day just be able to get along, but it's going to take... We're gonna, it's going to take a, a big change. We're going to need a real leader who can really bring us together, and we may, and we're probably going to get this, we're, we're going to need a war in the South China Sea. <laughs> and, and, I don't, and unfortunately, I don't mean, you know, like a small war. I think... We're going to need to draft <laughs> everybody that we can possibly have to really kind of get us all together. Can you imagine this is the this is the platform you're seeing from the GOP just to take a step back. The actual platform that you're seeing from the GOP right now is a war with China is going to make this country really great. And I just, <laughs> with all the things that have made this country so great over the past five years, I can just imagine thinking that a war with China is really going to be the thing that actually makes the country great again. You also have to be sent to another nation. You have to be sent somewhere else forever. We're dealing with insane leadership right now. We're truly we're dealing with the most insane people from every perspective. You remember how when Trump was running, people were like, "Oh, the Republicans are anti-war." 
This is really interesting to see. I don't know how that happened. And now you're now you look at the I don't know if any of you guys have watched the recent presidential debates. The last one was 80%. How much can we help Israel? Especially because ultimately, you know, who's really the guilty party and all this stuff going on in Israel, China, it's China. And everybody on the stage went goes, it's definitely China. It is. That's true. It's China. We're China. I know really don't everybody on there's like 20 guys on the stage and Nikki Haley's one of them and they all they all go we need a war with China we need to we need a conflict with China so on the one hand you've got the guys who just wrecked 30% of the economy because they thought a cloth mask would save their grandma from uh, the flu <laughs> and and recent let's not even get into what that same group of people are doing recently let's just talk about what they did two years ago because recently you got dicks growing out of people's bodies and strange stuff happening on that side real really chimeric freakish stuff on the side of the democrats you got a, a lot of kill, killing homeless people and then you got on the republican side we're going to war with china I don't know about you fellas. I would I will side with China. I don't want to get nuked, that's for sure. That would really <laughs> ruin my plans. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm a conscientious objector because I'm a journalist. <laughs> well done. I want to see your press pass. I have to get one of those, dude. I don't yeah. even know who you who do you even talk to? You I'm sure get you could just make one. Yeah, well, who's gonna, yeah, that's who's true. Gonna like, I'm gonna check and see with my press pass, yeah, official like scanner. Yeah, no, it's like, you could be like Hunter S. Thompson and just be like, I'm a doctor of journalism, and then people are like, Oh, okay, <laughs> I am a doctor of journalism, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you really got to believe, man. You really have to believe. I, I, I will leave it on this last note. Yes, I will say. It's not good to force people to do stuff. But if they're insane, that's going to be a problem. That's what I'm going to leave it on. That's the words of wisdom for my libertarian move. Those are fair words. I like them. Um, I appreciate you being here. I want to throw it out to everybody uh, for the last word. Chris, I want to start with you. Last word before we depart and we'll move our way down. Bit shoot. Yeah, check out the bit shoot page, please. That's because we don't upload on YouTube because we'll get banned. So it's over. Um, Brian, long time no chat. What do you got before we go? Uh, I just want to tell everybody happy Thanksgiving and uh, happy 60th anniversary of the JFK assassination. Never forget. Yeah, by Alan Dulles and the CIA. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. That we remember it every day in our hearts. Um, Angel, what else do you have? Gobbles. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, Pilgrims. And then <laughs> Bird, last word, and then uh we'll uh we'll depart. Well, uh it's it's Jover. We are so back. <laughs> <laughs> well done. 
Uh, thanks to our sponsors. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, the show would not be complete without us discussing the health of your ass. Uh, Thanksgiving is tomorrow here in the United States of America. You missed the opportunity to get your hands on some cold-pressed gay soap to keep yourself clean, to keep yourself smelling good for that special someone. You fucked up this holiday. However, Christmas is coming. And if you want to do any coming yourself before or after Christmas, <laughs> I highly recommend checking out Akron Apothecary. Get your hands on some of this gay soap. Make sure you make sure you are clean. The biggest organ you have is, in fact, your skin. Listen to your soap. Take care of your skin. Wash with Todd's Gay Soap because Todd's Gay Soap is ass. And if you're trying to get that salad tossed, stick with the soap that is the boss. Todd's Gay Soap. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Wow. Bert. Bert. That, was, that was a 10 out of 10. Bert, thank you very much for joining us, man. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. God bless. Wow. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving.